Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles, Juan on the buttons, Jim taking pictures and standing by the door, making sure no one's going to break in. Welcome, one and all, to the show. If this is your first time listening, we are a radio show podcast. We do three things every episode, or typically. Are we a mashup? Radio show podcast mashup? Maybe. Remix? No, definitely not a remix. Okay. Um, We're more original? More original than that. Yeah. We typically do three things. We enjoy a beverage, we highlight a gear, and then we have a, a discussion we'll be, we'll be doing all, friends. All, we'll be doing all three today. Good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be going to the uh, a, com- a men's conference soon. It's going to be nice to travel and yeah, see other Catholic weekend. men. That will be gr- I'm really excited about this. Yes, we're going to uh, the Diocese of Allentown in Pennsylvania, going to the cathedral there where they have a limited number of spots. I hear, I hear Allentown is the Vegas of Pennsylvania. <laughs> really? I act- actually... Who told you that? Father Cosgrove told me that today. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I believe almost everything that Father Cosgrove yeah, says. He, said, he says it's the Vegas of Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know what that says about Pennsylvania. The Vegas of Pennsylvania doesn't sound that awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? I don't know. No, that's nothing against Pennsylvania. Hey, something really cool. I just don't associate Pennsylvania and Vegas. Like, right. You know what Me I'm either. saying? Something really cool, though, about Father Cosgrove. While you say that, I'm going to open this. Very good. My son, my oldest son, Luke Michael Minahan, served his first Mass, Holy Mass, yes. with Father Cosgrove. And did a bang-up job. And did a, an awesome job. He was very on point. He was very... Uh, just like focused on what his job was and whatever Father Cosgrove, he did it without any kind of training either. Yeah. Now, that's what I thought was so impressive is that he just stepped up and did it. And did it. Now, uh, and it, it was, was a home mat. It was a home mat. It was here in your living room, but he was still able to anticipate. He, he, you know, that's without any practice. He still was able to anticipate. Some he knew of, when like, like to wash the hands of the priest. Like, yeah. He, he, a couple times he was early. With some things. Right. But he, it mean, was his first time with no practice. Aren't you excited? Don't you get excited and get a little early? Get a little jump start on things? I don't know what that means, but the answer is no. <laughs> well, sometimes Adam, when you get excited, you just like, you know, get excited and and, and you're there a little early. Okay. So. That's. I'm sure that's just exactly what you mean. Nothing else. That's right. What are we drinking tonight? <laughs> We're drinking Ardbeg, Ardbeg Black. <laughs> Ardbeg Black. Black. Okay. Uh, it's uh, a 20th anniversary limited edition Ardbeg. Because yeah, black whiskey matters, okay? It is um, from, it's a aged in Pinot Noir casks. Let's see. Here, here's the official tasting notes. The color is deep cherry blossom. The nose on the nose is baked fruit pudding, knits, Together seamlessly with cedar, uh, a cedar wood and aromatic mm-hmm. cigar box. Yeah, the cedar 
Actually, I do smell I, cedar. I, I, I do I, smell yeah, cedar. I actually on do the, smell that. Uh, oak tenons and rich truffles then break away to reveal subtle notes of smoky jam tart. Jam a, jam tart. Jam tart, yes. With a splash of water, intense aromas of bitter cherry and a curiously zesty note emerges. Yeah, a little cherry. The taste, know. it says it's a velvety and surprisingly fury mouthfeel drives with pa- drives your palate into a complex symphony of contrasting flavors. Antiseed? No, an- aniseed? A-N-I-seed? An- I don't know. Aniseed? I don't know. Soot? I bet they made that up. A good soot. And uh, summer fruits, such as cherries, strawberries, apricots, and pears, give way to a crumbly pastry, dark chocolate, coffee, and almonds. The finish is long, lingering, sooty finish. So that are the official tasting notes from Ardbeg.com. It, this is a limited re- release. I think we said that already. But it's uh, ABV 46 point, uh, 46%. It is a nice, long finish. Um... Honestly, the soot is definitely there. <laughs> I get the soot. Really? We were joking around before this about, yeah, go go to that fireplace and get some of that soot, put it in a jar and mix it with a little water. Bring it to me. That's what I want. What do you think? I wonder why it's called black. Yeah, the... Uh the tartness is inst- like on the very beginning of your palate. It hits you with that tart, that like uh, not unripe cherry tartness. Uh huh. And then uh, at the end, you get that. You do get a little bit of that soot and that that classic Ardbeg smoky finish. A little iodine. The iodine comes in at the very end. It's like a uh, yeah. final move, like and, of you know of Ard- iodine there. Ardbeg and iodine, uh, they they're like married together in in my mind. Ardbeg. Yeah. And I, they, that is iodine. It's it, it is an interesting, like it transitions very well. It 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 is a almost reminds you almost of a lasanta type of uh, like sherry cast. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I got ch- I got front. kind of cherry on the nose, and then like at the end it comes into the sooty the uh, smoky did iodine. You get the soot? I did actually get a little bit. Yeah, of soot. it's like hey, it's kind of weird. Jim, did you get it at all? Jim even said yes. Juan, what are your thoughts? He's black because of the. Right. Yeah, the black because of the noir. The but it's like noir. they've got black sheep, you know, like on the box and stuff. I just, I, I was, like I was looking for a story about why it was named that, and I just didn't see one. Well, Father Crappie. No, we're not going to go there. We're not, we won't go to black sheep, dog. <laughs> we won't go like, there. What, Father Crappie? No, we won't go there. Uh, so yeah, so I'm really excited though about the the conference this weekend. There's a couple guys from the Council of Man who who'll be there. That'll be fun to, to to get a chance to see somebody and just like to be a part of other Catholic communities again. I'm really hoping yeah. that this will get a like, yeah, we'll we'll get the ball rolling again for 2021. Like a some sort of a semblance of normalcy, right? I have a I have a prediction that you know. Uh, so today the second uh, vaccine was announced. Um, yes, it was the one upper. It was the one upper. Yeah, it's like it said, oh, like ninety percent. Hold see, my beer. I see your ninety percent, and raise I raise you. it to ninety-five. Like almost, almost, almost 95. ninety-five. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I have a prediction that by summer of next year, people will be having shopping parties or, uh, like going out of their way to do things that were normal in two thousand and nineteen. Like, hey, let's get together and just. 
uh, go shopping or, you know, just whatever, whatever it is. I so, pray that's the case. Yeah. I'm ready for me too. community again. I'm ready for everybody getting together yeah, again. Definitely. So that'll be exciting. And, and just to be able to like breathe regular in, in public. Yeah. That'd like, be cool. When we and can, like not feel, not feel terrible. Like, so I'm in, I'm in adoration. There's other people there in adoration with me and I go, <laughs> and then I instantly like, right. Oh guys, listen, I'm not sick. I just like I just I, I had a tickle in my throat. I'm not trying to like And it's not because I'm getting sick. I'm not sick. It just went I just I just coughed. Yeah. And like I know exactly I, I the feeling. I don't want people thinking that I'm showing so in, up. In mass this last weekend, I had to cough halfway through and I just powered through and held it the whole it was i hated it i hated every second of it you powered through it i didn't cough yeah oh man that'd like, be tough because you know you're there in mass and i'm not wearing a mask in mass because it's not required and so was, i feel like if i'm gonna be that guy you know who's not wearing a mask like you better not be coughing bro you know like you could have worn a mask right and i didn't right so don't cough yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that is pretty good but yeah to be able to i was just about to say that when you told that story like we we can cough in public and not people don't freak out people don't even notice you know it's like oh yeah well he coughed it's just a normal thing hey can i tell you something else really cool Uh, let me brag about my other son because i already did about luke i can brag a little bit about uh jude he was he's both luke and jude are doing a really good job with fishing now and we to where they can tie their own knots like they're getting very low maintenance in fishing. Nice. And Jude has just been like, he has no fear when it comes to fish, when it comes to, you know, grabbing weird thing, you know, other animals, like he just grabs it. Uh, he, this weekend he had, he had a fish that I had caught and he was wanting to hold it and take a picture and I let, let him do that. And he dropped it and he just went and grabbed it and then just went, See you later, and and threw the fish and chunked it uh, across the pond, and then he quickly grabbed his fishing pole and threw it right there where he where he chunked it. I'm catch it again. I'm catch it again. I used to try to do that. He he, he obviously didn't. But uh, really, what I was going to say is that on the way back, he saw that Luke was struggling with the tackle box and the fishing pole, and he offered to carry Luke's fishing pole on the way back. Nice, like, all the way back. And, those are the kind of moments that you just look and you say, yes, things are working. Parenting is working. Right. You know, like when you have another thing that happened this last weekend, uh, uh, we had to have leaves raked, the mo- lawn needed to be mowed. I needed to split wood. You mm-hmm. know, winter's coming. I have Luke mowing. I have Jude raking leaves. And I'm like sp- splitting the wood. I'm just thinking like, yes. This is yeah. I, I have arrived at fatherhood. Like mm-hmm. like my 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 boys are doing great. We're oper- we're hitting on all cylinders. We're hitting right yeah, and they're doing their thing. And I, and I almost stopped because I saw I heard Luke turn the mower off, and I thought I need to go help him unload it. But I just taught him how to how to take the bag off and, and redo it, and I said nope, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna let him do it. Yeah, let him struggle. And he struggled, and then he pulled the cord and started it back up himself and kept going. And I was like. I'm so glad this happened. Wow. He did it himself. We were all exhausted. I waited for just a second. My daughter, beautiful Anna Faustina, walks out with water for everybody, serving the boys water to, uh, you know, when it was hot outside. I was like, yes, this is service. This is family service with one of them. It was just awesome. It was just such a grace-filled moment Yeah, as a father. You're also sexist, but that's fine. That's okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Don't ruin my story. <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We got Jim Spencer and El Juan Posada in the house. This segment brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker, CatholicWoodworker.com. Use promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. We're having the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show being launched. You can can pre-order it even. It is. It's available for pre-order now, huh? It will be uh, available for purchase full-time in December, I believe. Can can you use promo code TCMS for For 10% 10 off? Yes, you can. Purchase on the official Catholic Man Show rosary? Yes, you can. Is it the official rosary Rosary of the Catholic Man Show? So it's not the Catholic Man Show rosary. It is the official rosary of the Catholic Catholic Man Show. So it's like you're the assistant to the, to the reg- regional si- manager. Yes. Not the assistant regional manager. But I'm the director of sales, which okay. is higher. Than That's true. Assi- and then assistant to the regional manager, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this, uh, speaking of woodworking, this last, you know, this weekend, I was, me and uh, Stuart Barrett, our buddy Stuart Barrett, we were splitting wood by hand. Yeah, I saw you. I saw with, f- a, with a uh, hydraulic wood, wood splitter. I was a little like upset that I wasn't even get, didn't get the invite. Yeah, but we were doing it by hand with, with the, the wood with splitter, splitter because sure. we used our hand to, to do the lever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like one of those wood splitters where you actually have to push. To, no, it's a hydraulic one. It was a hydraulic wood gotcha. splitter, but we were by hand putting the wood on the thing and then and then pushing the, the lever. lever. Yeah. Yeah. These this wood I tried to split it with my axe. It was just not going to happen. What kind of wood is it? I don't know. Oh. It was the tree that was behind my neighbor's house in the park. Mm. And remember, I if called to have it cut him down. And yeah. then as they were cutting it down, I said, hey, can I have this wood? And the guy, he said, well, no, I, I, I can't give it to you, but I can leave it here. And if it's not here when I come back, that's cool. <laughs> I said, sweet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, the man gear today is an air compressor. Do you have an air compressor? I don't, but I would love one. Super jelly. Super I, jelly of me for having one, huh? I would never say that because yeah. I'm a man, but yeah. um, sure. I am. Could be jalapeno jelly. That's manly. Yes. You don't even know. That's what you, like the difference in you. You didn't, you, even, like you you have, didn't even ask what kind of like, jelly it was. You have three daughters, and like those are like, like daughter terms that you would say. So it's actually a sister term. It's something my sister says. Okay. And it you know rubs off. Sure. So, yeah, I got one. In this last year, um, it was actually Pamela's grandfather who passed away. He was a God rest his soul. Indeed, he was a he was a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all knew of his, my, knew my relatives. All, yeah, yeah, my kin. He did, yeah. Um, and all of his children stayed stayed in the church. Very. You know, that is impressive. Yeah, we talked about the other day, the, the other episode about a good death, like that being on my deathbed knowing that all my and i kind of said you know when your kids are showcasing yeah. their faith to you in public that is a good death knowing that all of your kids yeah i don't know if that makes for a good death but it makes for a peaceful one i think you know it, it gives makes, you it, it makes gives you comfort, comfort and peace at, at your death gives, which definitely, definitely would comfort. probably contribute yeah sure but anyway so he was a excellent woodworker he had a awesome wood shop yes he was phenomenal woodworker. yeah um he he made some stuff for our radio auction, mm-hmm. um, but so I got his air compressor. Uh, there's nothing; it's not nothing fancy. It's just a pancake air compressor. Um, you know, it's it's not expensive. It's not super nice, but it does everything that I need it to. What do you use it for? Well, uh, I mean, so far I've used it for a variety of things. Right now, I'm using it to run my nail gun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I had a couple of people say, oh, that's not going to be big enough. It's not, you know, there's not, it doesn't have the, the flow, the CFMs or something, the flow, whatever. Uh, but it works just fine. Um, so it will kick on. The compressor will, if, when I'm using my nail gun with it, after about five ne- you know, shots, it'll kick back on. Mm-hmm. But the nail gun can operate anywhere between like 70 and 70 to 100 PSI. And it, it, it compresses up to like 110. And so I can probably put in 10, 11, or 12 nails before it gets down to 70, where it, it start, it'll start back. to misfire a little bit. Like, so it works just fine. I mean, because when I'm hanging siding, which is what I'm doing right now, like it's not like I'm putting in 20 nails all in a rush. Sure. You know, you're going to put it's up a like board. trim work or something like that where you're... Or, right. or decking, or, it, it, yeah, decking, or, or yeah, decking, or fencing, or roofing, where you right. might go just like literally, sure. So it works great. I've also used it to air up my tires on my car. Uh, it makes bike tires a cinch. Yeah, you know, you know when fall is hit when you get the low. Right, everybody. Low, yeah, exactly. And you have to go air up your tires. Yeah, and I had a, uh, a slow leak in my tire, which wasn't a problem. Until, until it got cold. Until it got cold. Yeah, and so I was having to stop at the gas station every three days, and I put up with it for like a week and a half, and finally I went and got it taken care of. But the air compressor is really nice. So this pancake air compressor, air compressor. I think so, I heard someone call it a a pig air compressor. I don't know if that's a, an official term, but pancake is a pretty common term for it. It's, okay. Uh, probably five gallon tank. On a compressor, I was looking them up today. You can get them for ninety nine bucks. Okay, that's uh, not bad. And per- would you would you spend the little bit more to get a bigger one? I have not needed a bigger one. But you have you've used it minimally. Um, yeah, knowing but, knowing that if you right had now, to go boom, 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 I'm using it for a nail gun, which is uh, you know about as much of a. Okay, the only thing that would be more flow than this is if you had like a an air ratchet. Okay. You know, one sure. of those yep. things that mechanics use. That uses a lot of air. Mm-hmm. This would not be enough for that. Sure. But who's... Very few people are going to be doing that. You know, like... But if you want to have an air compressor around the house, which now that I have one, is great. Mm-hmm. You know, it is really nice. Totally changed the game on airing up bike tires. Oh, yeah. Easy. Come here. Yeah. Psh, done. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It looks like yours is a little low. Come over here. Right. Yeah, come here. Oh, I'm just going to spray it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I did. I went and got all these. You know, it's like 10 bucks for all these attachments for it. And one of them is just, I don't know what it's for. I think it's for like cleaning up a work area, kind of. Mm-hmm. It just sprays a bunch of air everywhere. So you can spray it on people. Nice. But yeah, so 100 bucks. I personally think that this is one of those areas, one of those things you don't need to go get like the best brand, especially if you're just getting. It's good a, to know because I'm a sucker for if I'm going to go buy something to buy either the same brand that I have of my other things, yeah. or like right. knowing like, oh hey, I already have a Milwaukee this. I'm mm-hmm. going to get a Milwaukee that. Right. Yeah, because um, like on a lot of your power tools, your especially your cordless ones, you want to get the same brand so you can right. keep the same uh, family of batteries. You know. Right. You don't want a battery. It's like, oh, I have this tool and it uses its own battery. And now you got chargers all over the wall. Right. This is something they're universal. So 
they're all the same. I mean, you can go get a, I saw a Porter cable on, you know, I just was mm-hmm. looking it up mm-hmm. on the way over here, 99 bucks, a Craftsman, 99 bucks. I saw one that was a Craftsman that came with a, uh, a finishing nail gun and a Brad gun for $179. Nice. I mean, I don't know if Craftsman makes a good finishing sure. nail guns and Brad guns, but for 179 bucks, like that seems like a pretty good deal. So anyway, it's it's been really awesome to have, mm-hmm. um, and it's also allowed me the capability to do more around the house because now I can use a nail gun. Right, um, and that's you know part of the, part of the deal is like you want to make sure that you can utilize it more than one. Like I hate buying tools that I can only use for this one job. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. So to answer your other question about getting a bigger one, I would not because of my space confinement i do not have a very big garage yeah neither do i but i also put cars in my garage and i do not right so i have my space that's available in the garage is super limited Mm -hmm. so to get a bigger one would just take up too much space Mm -hmm. and the one i have is nice because it's not heavy i can carry it around you know Mm -hmm. very Uh, portable right yeah exactly so to me i think this is uh that's the one to get like unless you're Unless you're doing something big. Right. And if, if you are, then you don't need to listen to me about air compressors. You already know it. You know what you need, right? Sure. Yeah. Cool. What are you reading right now? Uh, well, I'm still I'm still working through uh, The Discernment of Spirits. Okay. By, by Dan Burke? No, by Father... Uh, Gately? Father Michael? No. Uh, Father Discernment okay. of Spirits. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. By a priest. He's, it's, it's really great. Um, I was I was reading our book that we'll be discussing tonight. I finished that. Yes, the, the I was so excited that you you chose a topic from the Peepster from Joseph yeah, Peeper, like as a guy who is a big Peeper well, fan. I feel like it's just us talking about the Peepster. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, the, I don't know. Are I mean, other people doing podcasts on Peepster? I'm sure they are. Where are they? I mean, I don't like, know. I mean, where, I, where are they at? I, the thing about it is, he should I be more popular. The thing is, I don't listen to very many I podcasts anymore. I don't anymore. listen to any podcast anymore. Yeah, so um, I, I'm not sure if other people are, but Joseph Pieper, listen, let me tell you, st- tell you something. If you're, look, if you're like jumping into philosophy, you don't have any background in philosophy, you specifically like St. Thomas Aquinas, Yeah, Saint Aquinas is a little maybe too heady for you, or like, for me, a lot of times I can read St. Thomas and be like, okay, I think I understand that, but if I could ever explain it, or if I had to explain it, I, I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I understand it reading it, but I couldn't explain it to you verbally. Right. Uh, if you're looking for, and you're looking for something that, some quick hits, some some quick reads that you feel accomplished, that you've actually read something. Yeah, the Peepster. Uh, Peep, uh, Joseph Peeper. Yeah, he wrote all these essays, and I agree. I was just telling someone of this today, that if you want to get to know Thomas, maybe reading Thomas is not the right way to start off. Read people like Joseph Peepster, who give all this commentary. Peeper, but not Peep. Well, I know. Right. The, pe- the Peepster. The Peepster. Because yeah. he gives all this commentary on Aquinas that is so much more helpful. Because right. you can, it's, you know, it's like, oh, that's what he means. Right. And we're going to talk uh, tonight about abusive language, abusive power. It's a quick, easy read you can get from Ignatius, Ignatius Press. I think it's only 54 pages long. It's yeah. an easy, easy read. Easy read. But... Very, very good. We'll, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. 
talking about Joseph Peeper this evening. Big fan of Joseph Peeper. Uh, his book, Leisure, the Basis of Culture, is phenomenal. His Also, his Four Cardinal Virtues book is a game changer. Yeah, the Four Cardinal Virtues is incredible. It is a... I would, I would highly recommend reading that going into reading the second part of the second part of the Summa, where Aquinas talks about all the virtues. Hit Peeper being it, like, if you have, if you read the four cardinal virtues first, he breaks it down very, where you can understand it. it yeah. It's, it's very, it's not, there's not too much flattery, if you will. Mmm, a little foreshadowing here. Mm. Um, but, but you're able to comprehend it to where you, it, it helps you as you move forward. Right, yeah. No, super good book. And that's actually one of his real books. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff by Peeper. Is his essays, which or, I love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because what we're talking about today, it's published in, if you're on, if you're seeing it on the screen, this is the, thank you. Uh, this is the book. And this is actually two essays put together. We're only talking today about the first one, which is the uh, the title here, Abusive Language, Abusive Power. The second one, I believe, is uh, Abusive Knowledge. Oh, knowledge and freedom mm-hmm. is the second one. So this is only about thirty plus pages, and when we say pages, like these pages are very small. So very easy. You, if you sit down, this is a, a one hour read. Yep. For I'm not a very fast reader. If you're, you know, there are people who can read a whole book in a day. I know, man. It's fin- so. I, if you're one of those people, this is like a fifteen minute read for you. Yep. But also this, you you. <laughs> My, my social media is the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> social media. Uh. Like I keep like I love looking back at my notes as I read yeah, through this. I think I made a comment in here in my notes about social. Okay, media. so let, let, let's start. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry. Let's yeah. Let's just get right into it. So um, we're we're talking about abusing the language and how that is ultimately going to lead to uh, abusing power, which is just a very fascinating connection. Uh, but the first thing is that words matter. I agree. Words have a twofold purpose. All of this is according to this essay. Okay, so I'm not going to say repeat myself according to Peeper, according to this essay. Right. Everything we're talking about is in this essay. So Peeper says that words do two things. The first thing is that they convey reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that the second thing is that they inherently have an interpersonal character, which means that by conveying, you must to you must be conveying to someone. So that there is this other person, um, the fact that you're using words means that you're talking to a person, and so that's those are the two things. It's part of communion, right? Exactly. That there, there must be conveying reality to somebody else. So those are the two things. He says, um, in a, in the very attempt to know reality, there is already present the aim of communication, so that you can express it to someone. Word and language form the medium that sustain the common existence. Of the human spirit, okay. So it's not it does not is it's not the common existence, but it's the medium of the existence of the human spirit. If the word becomes corrupted, human existence itself will not remain unaffected and untainted. So, look at that. There it is on the screen. That is incredible. Juan is. How did that even? You happen? guys should go check. Like, if you don't check out our YouTube that channel, amazing. Go check it out just for a few minutes. It's because right there. One one does a phenomenal job, and he's stepping up his game every every week. He's adding something new now. That's the exact same thing that I said. That's yeah. amazing. So, uh, Peeper poses a perplexing ponderance. How'd you like that? That was. 
perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he asks the question, can a lie be considered communication? Well, I know the answer because right. I've already read you've, it. You've read the essay. He says no. Well, he doesn't say no, but he says, he, well, I tend to say no. Right. He, he, because, again, what are the two forms of, communi- uh, right. of language? Yeah, one of them is reality. It conveys reality. Right. So a lie, in it fact, does not th- convey reality. In fact, he talks about how in the with lies, you, a lot of times there's like this sliver of truth. So a lot of times, like with propaganda things like that, there's these like sliver of truths. Mm-hmm. But the the main projection of what they're saying is a lie. Right. And Dave, you and I have had a struggle with this before. Whenever we we run the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa, and we've had this, I you know, people have proposed like, "Hey, you should run something different other than the Catholic, but maybe a Christian deal, you know, Christian songs or oh, yeah. something like that." Sure. And we, because we 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 run the station, we've decided no, we're not going to do that. Not because uh, it's not good. It's not. It, I mean, it's, Christian music is not. It, it's not bad. Right. I mean, but I mean. Well, sometimes it's it is. It's not inherently bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But th- we don't want, even though if there's a sliver of truth, there could be some... Right. The principle so a, of the integral good actually partial, plays a role here. A, a partial truth is a sinister form of a lie. Yes. And the principle, the principle of the integral good plays a role here. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about flattery. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got you off track. No, that's but okay. go ahead. No, but no, no, I appreciate that. That's a good comment. So... Pieper says that a lie is the opposite of communication. So he says, he doesn't come out and definitively say, no, it's not communication, but then he goes on to explain that is definitively, definitively no. He kind of leaves the door open and then slams it shut. He says, it's the opposite of communication. It means specifically to withhold the other's share and portion of reality. Gosh, and how many times, I've had to confess this in confession so many times of not necessarily telling a lie, but not giving the... A, the truth to the person who is due that truth, like mm. withholding truth. Yeah, that's a different sin than, from than lying. just lying. Yeah, because it's not like I didn't. I, I lied about it. It's just I know that you're asking me a question and you're wanting a specific answer, and I decide instead to. And this is also like if you're a sales guy. But sometimes in the mo- those are so those are so hard because sometimes in the moment like. You don't have time to discern what is the appropriate. Right, so you but, do your best. Well, but you know what I mean. That's why habit is you know the virtue is so, is so right. important of telling exactly the truth. Like, like your yes, yes, and your no, be no. In the moment, you just try to do your best. Right. You're not capable of doing better than that. You know, like if you honestly were what striving for, you know, the right thing. Right. And, and you didn't but reach it. But you, there are times that in re- I in reflection. there are times that I've thought if I tell you this, it won't reflect good on me or, oh, yeah. or somebody else. Or, and so I'm going to go a different route and just avoid that altogether right. and bypass what you're really asking and kind it's of... Cow- so that's that. the sin would be cowardice. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So it's, because, a, it's against fortitude. Yeah, because if, it, if, if you're afraid how it will reflect on you, that's... Or others. Or, or, others. You know, or Well, yeah. okay, if it's others, that's different. But if you're... Because if you're defending others, that might not be a sin at all. That's a that's totally different. Maybe that could be its own own topic someday. About gosh, I'm not smart enough to. Even you could be that. defending the reputation of others. It, it, it's all situational. Sure, it's all situational. So, okay. but because a lie isn't grounded in the truth in reality, mm-hmm. then it fails to be communication because you're not communicating. What does he say it is? Reality. Um, well, he he would say it's a monologue. Mm-hmm. So it's not a dialogue. You're not having discussion. 
you, I'm glad you said that because I knew the answer. Right. So to see what you said, it's not even the one the party being lied to might think that they're in a dialogue. <laughs> they're not. Whoever is speaking is guiding is because whoever in speaking is guided by something other than the truth. Such a person no longer considers the other as a partner or as equal or even as human. So lying in this circumstance, and we're not actually talking about any form of lying here. We're talking about a specific form of lying. Um, this essay, he's, he, re- he keeps referring back to Socrates in his dialogues uh, with, that Aristotle wrote about the dialogues of Socrates with the sophists. Mm-hmm. And the, the sophists were these people at the time, and didn't uh, Aquinas, I mean uh, Augustine, didn't he encounter the sophists? Yeah. I think he did. I mean, like, his rhetoric training, he was trained by sophists, I believe. Sure, okay. And so it was all about how to persuade at the sake of all... I mean, like, they didn't care about telling the truth. They just cared about oh. persuading. Yeah, Reto- and just winning. Being a, exactly, winning. Um, so communication, uh, it's dehu- lying is dehumanizing because it treats the other person as a means to an end. And we'll get that. We'll get to that here in just a second. Um, but this is this is the part that I think you're really jazzed about. So if you're not communicating, what is it that is taking place? Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? Well, you already said it. Is, yeah, is, it's flattery. It's flattery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because we think about flattery as, oh, you're so beautiful. Right, and, and you're he, so good at what this. I love, oh, when, you're when so I was reading at, this, I was like, flattery. In fact, I think I even in my. It, in the column here, I was like, flattery, this is, like, uh, I had, like, three question marks. Like, flattery, qu- question mark, question yeah. mark. Like, uh, where are you going here, peepster? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as, like, four paragraphs later, I was like, aha. Aha. Yeah, because flattery isn't what he's he's meaning, what we think flattery means. Yeah, well, we actually did an episode on flattery. It's like something flattery and fatherhood. We did it um, oh, yeah, I totally a while back. About that. It was your topic. Gosh. And and we we talked it all about was brilliant. like the it was, it I was think it was earth shattering, eloquent. I think it was so, exquisitely eloquent, exquisitely eloquent. Um, and so we talked about the vice of flattery back yeah, then. I think I remember that now. Yeah, but so he says that um, flattery uh, is not important whether it's true or false. The thing that's said, it's not important. Flattery doesn't mean doesn't matter. Mm. But it's the intention behind what is said. So, uh, according to like this form of flattery, uh, you would flatter someone in order to get something out of them. You're be- you're you're no longer treating them as a human being. Right. Know, the, dig- the, d- the dignity of human is is, is right. Being See, this degraded. is where you now treating them as a means to an end, right? And not as a a person, right? They're just a thing to be used. Yeah, because you end up controlling them. Like yeah. the reason why you, you know, the rhetoric is being used to control them, which is like the whole propaganda scheme. I mean, that's what that's what yeah, uh, people they're just, use. They're just a lever that you're pulling. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. 
I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer, aka the Spinster. If you're a Patreon member, you're gonna get a Christmas card from the Spencer gift from all of us. But he's gonna be us. the one to send it to you. No, he oh, won't. Oh, oh, you're talking about something else. Yes. I see what you. Yes, yes. So, the, oh, we're talking about the other thing. The other thing. The thing, not the thing, but the other thing. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, patreon.com slash the Catholic Mancho. Yeah, if you if you want to support us, if you listen to our show and say like those guys I want to support them, come and be a patron. You can be on our private Facebook page mm-hmm. where all things manly happen on the internet. Um, really the Facebook page is awesome. It even though it has grown, it has not degraded in the slightest down the rabbit hole of uh like Catholic Twitter. It is nothing which like I'm, Catholic Twitter. Which I'm grateful for. It's a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so here's a question that I have. So, like, is there a Catholic parlor? Is there a Catholic parlor? I have You're no like, idea. I don't know. This is not something I even want to. I feel like that could be worse. I feel like Catholic parlor <laughs> could, could be worse could than be Catholic the, Twitter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so here's a question. So the abu- so when people just talking, he's talking about abuse of power or abuse of language is yeah. abuse of power. Yeah. The reason why you would even abuse language is to gain the power, uh, because. Because our fallen language is the medium, medium of human existence. Right, exactly. And like because of our fallen nature, like, all throughout history, we can see time and time again people wanting to have power over the other person. Right. Because once you have, uh, once you take away their language, or once you, you control their language, you're able to have domination over them. Right. Why is that? Why? Why do we? Is it? Is it pride? Is that what it is? Is it? Is why that, do we want that? Why do we want? And I mean, this is something that every uh, every man, every you know, every person struggles with. Of like, wh- why do people want to? Why do why know. do people want to be famous? Is because they want to have like be able to do the things that I they want to do. I do not want to be famous. Like the I idea, don't either. The, the idea I, of being famous it sounds terrible. Like, like oh, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, because you're you're critiqued every time you you're behind but a I microphone. Mean, that, that could be th- have, those could be different. I, I don't know about wanting power. I mean, I think it could be they're insecure. They have insecurities. And so by having power over people, that makes them feel safe because now they're not worried about being dominated, you know, because they're on top. I, I, I don't know. Uh, fallen nature, you know, I, I'm not Pride? Sure. I mean, it has Yeah, to, all of them. Right. I, mean, I mean, I'm sure there's as many reasons as there are people trying to do it. Or maybe not. Maybe it's all one reason. But why is it that we always fall back? Like, why is it? It seems like that we always... We never learn from history. It's it's just, everything is so cyclical mm-hmm. that because we don't study it. I mean, that's one reason. That's probably but but, but also uh, you know it's it's one thing when you you see other people do it. You know, like we always we judge the the Israelites in the desert, but then we all do the same stuff. You know, like oh, I wouldn't commit that sin until we're there, and all of a sudden you commit it. You know, like how many times have I prayed like in just romanticizing about suffering like oh yes to oh, suffer yeah. and then like i the mean slightest uh, thing it's like well everybody wants like, to suffer what is this yeah everybody wants to suffer until the suffering begins right so as, anyway. soon, as soon as as soon as it begins no one wants to suffer anymore right. except for the saints mm-hmm. they rejoice they like in it, it. Yeah, they like because it. they get to offer it up to our lord yeah. and that is that that is where i want to be me too well I do. The thing I do. Is, oh, the thing I, I, is, wanna be I want there, to be there, but I don't want to suffer to get there. <laughs> but I, I just want to take the easy road. Right? Like, can I just get a easy special street. some like grace or right. something? I mean, it's, yeah, I it's mean, tough. Okay, I mean, so, that's what you did for Mary. Uh, so let's talk about flattery. Okay, so um, like I said, it's not important, but it's the uh, if it's true or false, but it's the intention behind 
the statement that makes it flattery. So he's, uh, Peeper says that I address the other not simply to please him or to tell him something that's true. Rather, what I'm saying to him is designed to get something from him. Again, it goes back. that He's a means to an end, okay? Um, and I don't know, when, when, when was he writing this? Early 1900s? Like 1920s? Oh, no, I think it, I think this one was uh, 40s. The end. I think no, I think this was more in the 70s. I, I don't even know when he died. Okay, he, he died in 19, the 90s. I, this was published in 1974. Published in 1970, actually 1970. The this edition was 74. 84. Uh, I actually looked this up earlier, and it was it was published originally in 1970 in Germany. It wasn't oh. published as a book. I don't think in, the, fir- no, the first edition says 74. Right, as a as like a book. But the essay was released, okay. I believe, in 1970. This edition, 1988. Okay. So, um, the reason I'm asking is because what he says, he makes these comments about how flattery is everywhere these days um, in the culture. You know, he just he talks about how we're, we're just inundated with slogans and advertising and just media messages constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're all... They're all attempting to do this. They're all trying to flatter us, to use us, you know, to convince us to... They don't really care. You know, it's like none of these... They don't care about you as a person. They just want you to buy their stuff. They want your money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I was talking to a guy... Uh, actually, it was it was actually uh, uh, a female in uh, Most Precious Blood. She, she had, A female? A female. Female human? Female human being. Okay. Uh, she was she was saying something... Raised by humans? A human raised she, by humans? Raised by humans. Okay. She said something, I was like, wow, that uh, I've never thought about that. She said the... You didn't expect such a profound thing out of a female? Gosh, <laughs> come on. Come on. No, that's not what I was meaning. Uh, she said something, and I was like, wow, that, that's something I had never thought Did of. Did you ever hear a man say that? <laughs> I'm Dave, sorry. I'm I, so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm about to punch you. I'm about to punch you. Kelly Mitchell punch. Uh, no, she said that uh, the brighter, the flashier things uh, to try to get your attention uh-huh. is the faker they are. The faker, oh, yeah. the the fr- you know the uh, Vegas. You all you see these bright flashing lights. You see all these like they need it. They they need something. You wouldn't go there otherwise because it it, it attracts your it gets your attention and there is something pleasing about this. Right, right. That's why that there's like you know. The reason why social media is pleasing and addictive is because there's there's something that a dopamine hit. Yeah. But the the earth the, the world does not give us something that will satisfy us. So mm-hmm. what it does? What does it do? It continue it continues to flatter you. It continues to give you new things, new fads, new things that you can hear or or talk about every six months. And uh, when I was reading this book, you know what it you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. The Great Gatsby. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, because I read that recently. Did you really? Yeah, I haven't read it since high school, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, here he is trying to f- flatter all these people, host all these big parties, and you know, have all these people over to get them to like him. Right. And then he dies, and nobody none of, comes. None of, none of those people come. Right, except for one dude. Except for one who is trapped in his library. Right, but you know, it's just like it. It made me realize, made me think about what am I doing that is substantial and like meaningful in my life and what is not. Right. It's almost like... Am I, what, what am I doing that's trying to impress others? Because everybody likes to be liked. Everybody likes to say, like to hear, 
oh, I'm so grateful for you, or like, I'm so thankful, like, you helped me so much in this, or, or everybody likes to be praised, everybody likes to sure. be wanted, everybody wants to to hear good things about them. That's just the reality of who we are. Like, yeah. no, everybody would love... You want to feel known. You want to feel known. Yeah. That's something that you can bat all that's the time. The, that's the whole purpose of communication, is like, I can now convey the reality of myself to you. I can tell you my thoughts, because language. Because of language. You know, and so that's, it's so important not to corrupt it. Yeah. So one thing that Pieper says is that it can hardly be denied that our language through all this indeed progressively loses its character as communication. And he's talking about the, these media messages. He says it more and more tries to influence while less and less says anything. Exactly. I totally agree. Exactly I mean, what you were saying. I mean, that's yeah. uh, totally. I mean, that's that's it, right? I mean, how many times are you saying you're not saying anything, but you're trying to just please? It. You're just trying to your concupiscible appetites. You're just trying right. to, you know, get them going. Yeah. So I want to read this quote here. This is a little bit of a longer quote, and typically okay. I wouldn't do this, but this to me is like sums up the book, and it sums up our culture and, and the human the human condition in, in our modern world. Oh, man. I know, it's big. The world wants to be deceived. It is indeed true, yet at the same time too narrow. What the world really wants is flattery, and it does not matter how much of it is a lie. But the world at the same time also wants the right to disguise so that the fact of being lied to can easily be ignored. As I enjoy being affirmed in my whims and praised for my foibles, I also expect credibility to make it easy for me to believe in good conscience or at least without a bad conscience that everything I hear, read, absorb, and watch is indeed true, important, worthwhile, and authentic. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, my life matters. Right. Why does your life matter? It was like, well, I retweeted something. I yeah. You know, it's like it was like, oh, I did the hashtag something. It's like, and somehow you think that brings significance to your existence because you participated in the hashtag of the day or like mm -hmm. whatever. It's like people honestly think that that change that like that this that that is what brings significance to their lives because they have so deceived themselves and they enjoy being deceived that social media is the real world. You mm. know, instead of going outside and seeing if their neighbor is okay mm. or if like, you know, there's people all around you and here we are spending time with people. We don't even know where they are. Like the people on Facebook don't matter. They matter in their own right in their own communities, but chances are they're not in your community. Like, what about your neighbor? Is your neighbor okay? Like, uh, what about your aunt? Have you called your? Know. Are you okay? Dave? Have you called your mom today? Are you okay, Dave? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, but like these these are no, the, I, we spend so much time and like, I know I've done it. I'll spend an hour like sometimes trying to take this perfect picture for social media. It's all, it's you know, it's a deception. Right. And that's the struggle that you have, right? Is, man, it's I flattery. It's flattery. It's flattery. It's yeah. flattery. And I, I'm trying to buy your affection. Is it ultimately what I'm doing? Yeah, man. And that's something that I think our culture is is struggling with more today. Yeah, it's so ingrained. Social media changed the game. Anyway, we're gonna keep talking about this, uh, but uh, you know, go and read his essay. Read the essay. It's yep. short, a great read. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Isn't this a good quote, though? I mean, it's kind of long, but uh, mm -hmm. like, yes. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I thought that is exactly what our world 
It just describes it. And he wrote this, you know, 50 years ago. How much worse is it today? I mean, even just from the, from, you know, in the year 2000. Here you go, Juan. Sorry. The Sorry, iPhone, my friend. The iPhone didn't exist. Right. It, what was it, 2008 when the iPhone came out? I mean, oh, the, maybe the, seven. Yeah, something like that. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's seven or eight. Yeah, because it I remember. Seems like it's been out for a long time. I was in college it. and I got the first like smart, quote unquote, smartphone I got was a BlackBerry. <laughs> and I was able to check email. That's what I have now. And it was like, this is epic. I get to check email on my phone. This is something that was mind-blowing. Hmm. This is yeah. before like the Facebook app in like, even or anything like that. It only takes like five. Yeah. Well, look, one actually, this is Juan's cell phone, cellular current, device, current phone. Yeah. If you call him, this thing will, will ring. Yeah. His number is, yeah. uh, no, uh, but so, Dave, here's, here's something that, that I, not, I struggle with, but I, I, I think about t- at times okay. because okay. it, it is nice to hear the flattery, right? As it, like as as guys, you know, you're walking down the airport, somebody recognizes you, uh, says, "Oh, I I listen to your stuff," or "Oh, I recognize you for whatever X, Y, or Z reason." You walk, you say, "Thank you so much." Uh, uh, God be praised, or you know, thanks be to God, whatever, and you walk away. And what happens? You feel good about yourself. Sure, you're like, sure. "Wow!" Out of all these people walking down this this terminal. I was recognized, right? Uh, but but there's a difference between authentic, a real compliment, and flattery. And you know, there's situations like that. Like this guy in the terminal, he doesn't want anything from you. He's just a random person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's never going to have the opportunity to now extract gain. You know, to uh, he, he's not paying that compliment as a currency that he can cash in. Mm-hmm. You know. And so that's that's the difference. Um, one thing I, I learned from reading the book Deerslayer is that only the honest man has the capability of paying a true compliment. It's uh, you know without virtue in your possession because you actually possess it, you know, and it changes mm-hmm. who you are. So like Dr. Cutterback, when he was here recently, he used the example that a courageous man is courageous even while he's asleep. He when he attains the virtue of courage, he is courageous. It's who he is, right? And the, the virtuous man is knowable for in that way because the unvirtuous man, how will he behave in any circumstance? You don't know because he doesn't possess the virtue. He doesn't possess these habits. But the virtuous man is dependable. You, you can predict what he will do, and so he's, he's knowable. Um, so... It's only the man who possesses honesty as a virtue that can truly compliment somebody. So in this book, Deerslayer, Deerslayer, the main character, there's this beautiful, you know, one of the... Which is what, the the prequel to The Last Mohican is? Is that correct? N- yeah. Are there two or three of them? There's just two of them. There's three. There's three, but The Last of Mohicans is in the middle. I never read, yeah. I never I never did the third one. What was it? Pathfinder. 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 Yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever read that one. I need to do that one still. Um... But yeah, so he's this super virtuous person. Deerslayer, his uh, the I preferred over Last of the Mohicans because it really you got Deerslayer's virtue was just so solidified in this novel. And there's this beautiful woman. Everybody tells her how beautiful she is, right? She hears she's heard it her whole life. But 
when Deerslayer says it to her, it's like she it means something. It's like because it's like yes, she's never heard it before. Like, because his yes means yes, and his exactly. no means no. Exactly. And that's the that's the problem, right? Because like at, within the within within virtue, you have to do the little things that build up the the virtuous muscle, if you will, for for the big things. And so it's the little things that you don't necessarily really care about, but it's it's at work oh i'm just leaving for whatever reason oh i'm sick today or oh i'm yeah. you know I'm, i i give myself a pass or i give myself a pass you know mm-hmm. it's like or you know with your 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 kids oh guys go on that's whatever is frustrated today mm-hmm. or whatever it right. is like i've earned this five minutes on social media so don't interrupt don't, it for me yeah and that i've done i dude, do that I, I do that i like man i i I just get upset with myself right. when when that happens because I reflect back on it and I'm like, at my judgment, that will be that'll be something that I have be to like account for. One of for. the more, most common, it's like, oh, look at this. You're Elizabeth drew you a picture and you didn't even notice. She came to you and you didn't and even want, notice. And gave it. To, you gave her like the, oh yeah, great, and didn't even know what she was doing. And Anna did that to me tonight. She said, Dad, I drew you a picture, and I I was like, oh, th- thank you so much, and I was like. I was engulfed in this email, and so I was like trying to finish it up. And I looked at it really quick, and she goes, "Yeah, let's see the purple." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I see the purple." And like I instantly went back, and she was still trying to talk to me about the greens and the yellows and everything else. Right. And uh, and if you're like me, you say, "Well, this is okay because this email is important." Right. I'm not just on Facebook. Right. I'm actually doing something productive and meaningful. And so, but you know, and as if that makes it. Okay, to because my first vocation is my wife, my second vocation is my right. kids, especially and if, then everything else, especially if it's like after work, right? You know, like man, I just am so, so bad at it, that. It's I'm so, so it's so hard, uh, especially for a lot of guys to turn it off. Uh, I, I think I, you might be one of those people. I'm terrible at it. Like I don't turn things off. See, I'm I'm like the you're, opposite. Yeah, you're so good at it, and I I'm uh, jealous at it uh, of it at times and, well, and but, i'm so frustrated well, at yeah, there's, there's pros and cons yeah pros and cons adam yeah uh but let's i just want to finish up this uh okay because we, we didn't get to propaganda which is fine um yeah. because that really introduces a, a political element but it's Ooh. uh well it's man, a good thing because now we're not on any kind of radio so yeah we can but say i mean this now. is a propaganda season jim's over here sweating just worried about like what we're gonna say. Trump called us. He said we could talk about this. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so what the peepster says is that serving tyranny, uh, when when this abusive language, when it when tyrannical people use it to serve themselves, the corruption and abusive language becomes known as propaganda. Okay. Um, the abuse of political power is fundamentally connected with the sophistic abuse of the word. Indeed, finds in it. The fertile soil in which to hide and grow and get ready. So much so that, I actually underlined this, the latent potential of the totalitarian poison can be ascertained, as it were, by observing the symptom of the public abusive language. That is a mouthful. Yeah, I don't even know what you said. Other than I got a chance to read it as you're reading it, because Juan is bomb.com. There's the thing again. Yeah, That's exactly what I just said. It's almost like... I'm God the Father, and I speak it. No, no. And it's just there on no. the screen. No. I'll tell you, Adam, as the one saying the words, it feels... This is th- pride. Adam, it's very empowering. This is very prideful. It's very empowering. Yeah. Okay, but it, the, the latent potentials, that just means like the possibility. It's like sitting there and waiting. Uh, mm-hmm. Potency. 
um, of the totalitarian poison can be measured by observing the public abuse of the language. So when I read this, this is where, to me, the, the novel 1984 hmm. really came. Because, you know, here we have, uh, you know, there's, you, it's against the law. It's, it's criminal to say certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Especially in Canada. Yeah, well, yeah, like Canada. I mean, it's, there are places that are getting awfully 1984-ish. Yeah. Uh, but in the book, like, there's thought crime. Mm-hmm. It's where it's it, and we have that now. So, um, do you remember when the the baker in Cali- in Colorado, right. right? He refused to bake the cake for the gay wedding, mm-hmm. and he was he went to court and he lost. And you know, he and his whole staff, part of their sentencing was they had to go to re-education training. This happened in this country. Re-education mm. training. He won. No, no, no. Uh, at first, he lost. Oh. And then things. I mean, that was in the color in the state courts. Hmm. Okay. So when I remember when I heard that that he was sentenced to re-education training, it freaked me out because that's the most communist thing I've ever heard happen in this country. It's like you're not allowed to think the way that you want to think. You'll We're going to tell you. You'll think the way we educate you, right? Okay. So um, and kind of like what you said from the book, they're constantly in 1984 removing every well, year. That- they're removing a little bit of they language. They come out with the new, the, the new speak, they, the new doing. speak dictionary. So they're doing now. I mean, this, they're, they're taking out all the, you know, it's, it, you know, we're talking about gender and sex, and like we'll remove some of this and then add this right. other. And I mean, man, it just it drives me crazy. It's and I think about this as I'm scrolling through these these news feeds, which I've had to mute and unfollow and snooze tons of people just for my own sanity. Thinking about like. Have you? Do you even know what you're saying? Like, do you understand what you're saying, or you're just trying to like the uh uh your your little Lord of the Ring, uh, Lord of the Rings fan, uh, Elijah Wood? Is that what his name is? The guy who plays Frodo. Yeah, Frodo guy. Uh-huh. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, he came out tonight or this week talking about how masculinity has nothing to do with the male gender and how. Uh, okay, it means that, nothing about that. Is a, this is a perfect segue to my next bullet point here? Okay, is that we see this in today's media and how the media has distor- distorted who man is, and how t- today nothing is certain. Everything is on a spectrum. I mean, what what today isn't on a spectrum? Hey, look, mm-hmm. look at that. That actually is my. I, I'm the one who wrote that, actually. Those are my words. Those are not, oh. pe- those are not Peeper words. Okay. Just yeah. leave it as Peeper for his pride. It does say Joseph Peeper down there. Yeah. He's always stealing my stuff. Yeah, that's the thing about, <laughs> thing about Peeper. You know, dead guys, they can vote and steal your quotes. <laughs> it's incredible. Dead people today are so talented. Yeah. Um, but th- it's like everything is on a spectrum. And it's so, you know, it's the relative, mor- rel- moral relativism. You know, who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? You know, all all of this stuff. What are you laughing about? I just thinking about like being like the month of November and like going out to the cemetery and like praying for all the souls. And so, being like, I just want to pray for you guys and I just want to thank you for your vote. Who'd you vote for? <laughs> so great grandpa. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I'm digressing. I thought you were a registered Republican, but <laughs> looks like you voted Democrat. <laughs> Again. 
And I noticed you voted five times this year. That's really strange. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway. I'm sorry. They sent me five ballots, too, in the mail. I didn't know we could fill them all, fill them all out. Okay. Sorry. We digress. The general public is being reduced to a state where people not only are unable to find out the truth, um, but also are becoming... Look at that. Juan, how did you do that? <laughs> Juan is amazing. He's like a... You know what he's like? A wizard. No one will know what we're talking about if they're not watching the video. But anyway, go it's ahead. like I'm sorry. a wizard. Okay. Uh, the, the general public is unable to find the truth out. Uh, in fact, they're becoming unable to even search for the truth because they're satisfied with the deception and trickery that well, have determined their convictions. Well, and see, that's that's a perfect example of what we were talking about in Vegas. How many how many people do you see go in Vegas and they're just like satisfied? Like this is life. I'm getting like I'm getting stimulated. Like there's yeah, all these. Yeah, because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, yeah. and th- these things are like encompassing who we are and like what our decisions are, and we think this is life. I'm good with this. And you don't stop and think about, like, well, why are they yelling and screaming at us? Why are they throwing a b- bunch of lights at us? Why yeah. are they continually trying to get our attention? Pay no attention about what's going on behind the curtain. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly. what it is. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, uh, look over here. You know, it's like, right. a, it's like a magic trick uh, in a building. Slide of hand you know, it's like, with our life. Right, because that's what magic is really all about. It's like, look over here. This is a flourish. Don't pay attention, you know, to what I'm doing over here in plain sight. Um, but when I read this, I thought, like, how ironic where it says people today are becoming, um, they're unable to search for the truth. And it's like, literally today, that is becoming more and more more true. You know, when it comes to uh, certain opinions being, you know, you just, they, they hide them. Mm-hmm. You know, they get blocked. Accounts get canceled. You literally cannot even get on Google. And search for certain things because they're suppressed. You right. know, it's just like wow, the irony of the of, of this literal, literally happening. You know, um, so uh, one thing that he says, like I was trying to think, how do you wrap this up? Like I wanted to end on like uh, a something, positive something note. good, right? <laughs> so he does. He does have a line here in the end that just talks about well, okay, if these are all the abuses. What is, what's good, you know, what's good? So he says that a language is well-ordered when its words express reality with as little distortion and as little omission as possible. The so, omission is the key for me. The, today. Or, or like, today. Like, I, on a personal level, like, yeah. and just... Uh, well, I think that's, con- that's like, the, the flavor of today. I think back in his, in, his, in uh, like, Socrates' day or Aristotle's day, it was more about... Um, changing you know they were distorting things you know using verbs in a you know uh, in order to twist things they're one and the same almost because you know the omission is in order to twist it 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 is a deception right exactly it's like i'm i'm not giving you this a different genre of the same thing right yeah kind not degree or degree not not a kind um no i think it's different in kind well no, maybe you're right. In degree, degree and well, other kind. I think it's different in genre. It's the same. Dude, I wish that we like studied philosophy in college. I took philosophy in college. I, I took one world of uh, world philosophy. My philosopher. <laughs> That's what I took in college. That's the only philosophy class I I've ever I've ever taken. And you know what? I got a ninety-two percent in that class. Best 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 grade in my life. It was really good. My uh, this is this is so perfect. My philosophy teacher had a ponytail. 
Mine did too. Did he? No yes. way. Yes, he did. It was it was awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, is it though? I don't know. That was the only. It's the it only seems, college it philosophy. Seems pretty cl- funny. But had I have known what even philosophy was, but the question is, Adam, I wasn't mature you, enough to even know. Would like, you have wanted to take philosophy at Oklahoma State? No. I mean, like maybe if you took philosophy, you'd be ruined. Maybe you'd be poisoned. Maybe you'd be. A, maybe you'd be dead inside. I was about to say something else. Mm, even worse. <laughs> Juan, thanks so much for all your help this evening, man. You did a great job. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you for making me look awesome when I would say things and then they'd be on the screen. And we need to uh, record a promo real, really fast. So let's go. We're on the Lord's team. Winning side. Raise your glass. Cheers to, cheers to Jesus.